story, etc. That's quite nice, really, to go, oh, even when everything is taken away from me, I still want to be a clown. That seems to be genuinely who I am. A lot of us are finding it hard to look at the news at the moment. Perhaps equally hard to look away. With heads full of all that's going on, all the people we're missing, it's more important than ever to be kind to ourselves and to each other. In this episode, I chatted to the fabulous comedian Laura Lex. She's a two-time winner of an Edinburgh Comedian's Choice Award, and if you didn't catch her on Live at the Apollo, I strongly encourage you to check it out. We talked about coping, company, kindness, and changing the world. Well, hello. <laughs> My name's Laura Lex. Um, I'm a well, I was a comedian. I'm now a stay-at-home woman. I guess the first first thing to ask is, how are you? How are, how are you doing? How are things? Um, how are you? I'm all right. I I suppose I'm I'm a big mixture of things. I suppose one because I live with medical anxiety all the time. I'm actually all right because I'm always this anxious and worried. Um, so. In some ways, I feel like I've sort of welcomed the world to my level of anxiety. Um, in other ways, I sort of keep wondering, am I just not processing what's happening? And then in other ways, I think, well, you couldn't possibly process the scale of what's happening. It's too big. It's too big. So all you can do is pull your own experience back into the to the world that you can touch and see and cope with that so when I think about the next week I'm all right when I think oh is this going to be life until next year then I'm not all right so I've just stopped thinking about that <laughs> that is that's a lot of very wise advice all packaged very neatly actually um yeah I think uh yeah that idea of um people trying to kind of flounder around for for ways to project themselves into the future and stuff when as you say like it's just impossible it's just impossible to do and not very helpful I think at the moment I've just um yeah it's better to yeah if possible yeah look at the days I mean absolutely I I yeah that's exactly how I feel at the moment I'm I guess I feel lucky in a way that I've had I've had therapy um and quite practical therapy. So I'm kind of quite good now at separating out what worries are. One of the most useful things I ever learned was that worrying is 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 a complete waste of your energy. And it doesn't mean I don't do it anymore, but I just recognize it. So planning's useful and preparing's useful. Those are actions whereas worrying is an activity that drains your energy, takes up your time and produces nothing because it doesn't make any plans or any decisions it it is literally just your brain providing you with scenarios that you can't cope with so you feel like you're being good in some way by worrying and you're going well it's good to worry because it means I'm prepared but you go actually you're not preparing anything you're just replaying these terrible scenarios over and over again so now I'm a little bit better at noticing when I'm just constructing dreadful scenarios and when I'm actually putting plans into action and I bloody love a list so now I just make lists so every day during this or sometimes 
times before I go to bed to help me sleep, I make a list of the things that absolutely have to be achieved the next day. And then I can add a few like, oh, it'd be nice if I did this. And then I'm just doing it day by day at the moment because beyond that, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not important. Um, so, so a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about, obviously, like it's a weird way to engage with someone at the moment when, um, you know, so, someone whose normal life involves them, you know, gigging and doing stuff like that. And obviously comedians and, and lots of writers and lots of actors and performers are sort of channeling their creative energies, I guess online or into video content and stuff like that and um and just like even the quickest scroll through your twitter feed um indicates that's happening quite a lot (laughs) for you so just so I just wanted to talk about like um well a few things really I wanted to talk about the sort of um I guess using Twitter or and Instagram and YouTube and that kind of thing. We'll talk maybe more specifically about your the videos you've made, but for kind of I guess clowning purposes and storytelling purposes, and because you lots lots of your sort of um, Twitter output is is kind of like these quite these like imaginative wandering threads and stuff, and which people seem to react really really well to. I mean, I'm thinking obviously very particularly about the sensible Jurgen Klopp. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah like how are you finding as someone who uses Twitter for that for those purposes anyway I think before all this happened of course as well but how are you finding that as an outlet and and um is there anything kind of new you're finding in it yeah it's to be honest it's been a really weird couple of weeks for me in terms of online because uh so two and a half weeks ago I was sitting in a Glasgow Ibis hotel room um, doing what I was pretty sure was going to be my last weekend of gigs because we could see corona on the horizon and in other countries and we were thinking, you know, they're going to stop us continuing soon. Um, When's that going to be? So I was doing that weekend of gigs and and I wrote that Klopp thread. Obviously, at the time, I had 8,000 Twitter followers. I was just... I was frightened and nervous and messing about and I thought this is quite fun and it it just took off and and you know I wrote them on the Friday night and then it was Saturday morning it all started to to go crazy and spread around the world and so I went from 8000 Twitter followers to 41000 in in a day and a half it's a productive quarantine to be honest yeah <laughs> so just at the point where my real world collapsed in on itself and I lost every single way of earning money I had and I lost all stability and future. My online world was suddenly four times the size that it was before, which was mad, really, and it's been lovely because it means I've met so many new people. Um, But I think because those two things, you know, they were interlinked, I think the reason the clock thread, you know, people liked it was that it was escapism. So it's it's kind of given me a bit of purpose. I've I've sort of thought to myself, all right, then I'm going to be relentlessly positive, like honest, I'm not going to lie and pretend I'm brilliant on days when I'm not, but... I'm not going to share my thoughts on the the virus or this and that. I'm just going to put silly out into the world because I think we need it, you know. Um, 
I think there's negatives to it. There have been a couple of days where I've woken up going, oh, God, I need some content. What am I going to do? And suddenly I've got to be providing. Um, But I've sort of done my best to squash that and go, no, you haven't. You don't owe it to anybody and nobody's expecting it of you. You just, you do you and and put some silly things out there. And if people like it, brilliant. Um, So I've been doing, every day I've been reading a chapter or two from a book that I wrote years ago. I mean, I wrote it about eight years ago. So every night at eight o'clock, I live stream that on YouTube. And that has turned out to be a really lovely experience because, you know, there's a a bunch of people from around the world. There's New Zealander and someone from Croatia last night popped in. And then there's been tons of people who are catching up slowly, like they're not there on the live stream, but they've been listening in their own time. And they pop in just for the first five minutes of the live stream to say hi um, and say that they are listening, but they obviously don't want the spoilers by by listening to it live. Um, And that's been really lovely, I suppose, to create a communal thing and just acknowledge that we're scared and lonely and frightened and losing our loved ones, but to not dwell on it. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna talk to you about um, of the of the book club a little bit more actually, because it does <laughs> seem I don't know to have been able to kind of dig this out from your archive of this quite quite appropriate apocalyptic book. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, um, and I suppose like, I it, how is it because if it's something you've written, you know, a good while ago, and. Um, and I suppose what you've said about just that that loveliness of creating a shared space where people can interact with each other with you can all listen together and that kind of thing has that been has that been something you found approximates um any of the performance element that you're missing from your ordinary life or is it something that you think of as being very very different um I think I'm finding it very different. I'm having to really uh, block stand-up out of my brain because I miss it so much. And I it's been two and a half weeks now since I last gigged. <laughs> um, and I really miss that side of my personality. Like, I had a pretty serious nervous breakdown in 2016 and stand-up. I still credit with being one of the major things that saved my life because it is my absolute outlet. It's like this side of my personality that I get to be. Like, I've always been such an extrovert and I know that I'm annoying (laughs) for my loved ones because I need attention and I crave affection. And stand-up was just this legit way to get that, you know? And, And to not be annoying people whilst also getting what I need... And losing that's been really difficult. And then, you know, when you have an over-anxious brain, every time I admit that to myself that, you know, I'm a bit tearful talking about it now. And then I go, oh, well, don't be such a daft bitch. You know, there's people in PPE that's cutting their skin in ICU units and there's doctors who are exhausted and sobbing and blah, blah, blah. And and so losing stand-up's not the worst thing in the world compared to that, is it? But I think that's why this this thing is so difficult for the human brain because 
we are trying to process that truly awful things are happening to people everywhere at the same time as trying to give ourselves credit that the tiny things we've lost in comparison are the biggest things in our own life and and holding all of that in perspective at once in the same four walls is so difficult (laughs) what's that idea of i think it's quite rare that um we're confronted with something that is truly global that really really impacts us on a on a daily immediate basis like so often you'll read about even if it's something huge like you know um I don't know, like a financial crash or a war or something like that, it will usually take time to kind of impact people's daily life. But this is just so, this, as you said, like that having to confront the enormity of it and the fact that everyone's in it together with, yeah, the the normal everyday stuff of like getting out of bed and or not getting to do this, that or the other. It's, it is an absolute mindfuck yeah, it's isn't difficult it? because on the surface of it you go oh come on laura it's not that hard you're just in a flat which is quite nice you know it's not brilliant you haven't got a garden and you know but it, you're not being you're not in prison you're not you know being tortured you're all right but i think that that's disingenuous to to humans to just say well put up and shut up then I don't think that's helpful I think it's all right to go yeah you're missing some stuff that's okay as long as you're not writing soliloquies about you're the most hardest done by person in the world it's all right to acknowledge what you've lost you just you know you just have to do it in context that's okay that's what being human is you know some stuff's in the foreground and some stuff's in the background and we know that the just because the stuff in the background looks smaller doesn't mean it is yeah yeah I think that's really I think it's really important to keep reminding ourselves of that and then if you have you know whatever platform anyone has whether it's reaching out to friends or family or I don't know like the community groups that are popping up everywhere or people who write or make stuff or tell stories or any of it like just that acknowledgement is really important it's really important that everyone's life everyone's life and whatever fills it does matter even though um you know it might not directly impact other people i mean all what the you time. have to remember i suppose is that the whole point of us all staying indoors is to save lives mm. we're trying to save your life and and my life and and all these lives so to sit there going well my life's insignificant because i'm not x y or z mm. no we're doing this for those lives we're doing it for the for the myriad stupid tiny insignificant lives because we do recognize that no matter how insignificant they are they are significant that's the whole point yeah yeah and could we talk about the news drip yeah (laughs) (laughs) the happy news (laughs) yeah yeah well how, how has that been has it been obviously the purpose is you know as to that idea to put out some positive you know or just some positive into the world but um how has it been to make and and it's been really fun yeah because the first one i i live streamed it um uh and that was really fun but then obviously just because i've been weirdly busy i've had lots of stuff 
going on within the house. So I, I haven't been able to live stream them since then. But I sort of thought, I'm going to film them in a one and then if I make a mistake, it's staying in and I'm just going to have a laugh about it instead of trying to make this perfect broadcast, you know. So that's been really nice. It's been a nice creative challenge for me to go, right, think of something, write something, um... It's been lovely sort of messaging a few friends and saying, can you do this insert, please, for the show? You know, I've had a mate be Ron from Harry Potter. I've had someone else be the head of a running club. I've had my nephews being Boris Johnson's children. Like, <laughs> that's been really lovely. Um, in, in some ways, like, sort of forcing myself to do different creative things has been has been a good challenge. It's it's. Yeah, it's been really fun. I'm quite enjoying Newstrip. Just having to play with the format has been quite silly. And I like I like not making it a perfect broadcast. I like fucking up a couple of the words and then going, oh, bollocks, I didn't have to say that. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm trying to... I'm just trying to make people laugh, really. Just a bit of a silly, a silly smile. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two friends in particular, my real-life friends, who have been really enjoying it, my friends Rosie and Sana. So in my head now, I'm just really doing it for them and kind of thinking, like, those are the people I know in real life that are, you know, getting through this and they've each got different challenges and and stuff, and, and I know that it's really amusing them. So there's probably more like them out there, so it's for them. There is something I think about the idea that everyone's physical world has shrunk so much that whatever people put, there is like an extra element of like, um, I guess maybe intimacy to a lot of what people are putting out. I think of, you know, often we're seeing inside people's living rooms or their kitchens and whatever, and people are kind of putting this stuff out in the hope that I guess like you've just described that it will cheer someone up and make them laugh or help them get through this weirdness so there is i think that's something that um i feel like is coming up this idea of um it being needed and for whoever needs it yeah, that day i mean i think the world is almost like my generation and older are, are catching up to what the people younger than us have been getting from YouTubers for a while, mm. I think. And, like, I, I hold my hand up. I've never really got into YouTubers or, you know, Instagram live people. It It's a bit younger than I am. Um, but I think that's what they've been tapping into for years now is just this reality of it doesn't have to be golden content. It doesn't have to be scripted and brilliant. They're just buying into a person and really enjoying spending sort of in inverted commas real time with that person yeah it can be more stripped down it can be like it's fun to look at the cracks and the process and stuff like that mm. as well yeah. yeah i think so and then in terms of like so you've got so the, the sort of um i suppose the call it like the more cu the curated stuff like the like the the kind of comedy threads and stuff you've put out but there's also um other other sort of like little i sometimes feel like your twitter reads like quite like um like a variety show so there's like <laughs> so i don't know how to say this so, so, fa so fancy, oh, so fancy wednesdays yeah so, 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 so <laughs> uh, could you explain what that is <laughs> so um i i invented a word i was chatting to somebody and i 
I can't remember what it was. It was something about last Tuesday and I'd put false eyelashes on because I really like doing my makeup and I really like getting ready and it's something I've always loved about being a performer is that every day I get to dress up quite fancy and I get to do my hair and put makeup on. Um, and I was really missing it, so I, I got ready and I was tweeting somebody and I just went, oh, I'm so fancy, it means I'm I'm getting fancy just for my sofa. So fancy. And sort of other people joined in and, and I'm trying to cultivate a thing on Twitter where I'm quite chatty with people. I'm not, like, putting a tweet out and then wandering off from it. I get involved and, you know... And so we started chatting, right? So I sort of said, all right, then let's go for Wednesdays. Let's do so fancy Wednesdays. So every Wednesday I get dressed up. So the first Wednesday I wore my wedding dress all day and I had a lovely day. And then yesterday was Wednesday and I wore my best sparkly dress. I've got a dress that I always wear for hosting big shows, so I wore that. Um, and it's just been, I don't know, that's a bit daft. I'm quite enjoying it. I think daft is exactly what the doctor ordered, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think exactly so. right. <laughs> and then you also you've also said you put something up, I'm trying to um remember exactly what it was, but that you are now planning to or going to or doing writing a book. Um, is that right? Yes. So there's a project I can't really talk about because it's up in the air at the moment. But yes, there are a couple of books on the horizon. So um yeah. One of the like immediate things that I'll probably do for lockdown um, is obviously we've been reading as we know it the book that I wrote years ago and doing that and we're kind of you know probably about a week away from finishing that book now so I I would like to carry on doing the eight o'clock live stream just because it's been nice with people and there's a nice little gang of us so I've been sort of trying to work out what I can write for that to replace as we know it when that book is finished so that's been a challenge as to whether I try and write something long form and obviously it wouldn't be as good a quality because I'd be churning it out quite quickly sure but whether we try and do another book and just write it as we're going along or do I do different uh live streams at eight o'clock that are written but are like maybe a short story a night and therefore it doesn't matter if you've missed a night you can join in and listen without having to be up to date like would that be better for people that obviously can't meet every night so yeah I've got a couple of creative ideas up my sleeve for what to do when we've run out of apocalypse book <laughs> I think I'm one of the things that this has been quite nice really is is you know, you always wonder what you'd be like in a crisis and you have that, like, fear, like, oh, my God, what if I'm terrible? And although I in no way, you know, think I'm brilliant, I, it's been nice to know about myself that creativity is just who I am, like this desperate need to make people happy and to, and to help in some way, like... And, and obviously every day I'm sort of chastising myself for not having the foresight to have been a doctor or something. Yeah, I get much a lot more of that well. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what I mean? You sort of, you are. Oh, why aren't you more useful? I hate you. But, you know, I'm not and I was never going to be. So kiss that goodbye and do the best with the skills that you do have, which is being a dick and fully embrace being a dick. So that's what I'm doing. And that's been... That's quite nice, really, to go, oh, even when everything is taken away from me, I still want to be a clown. That seems to be genuinely who I am. Yeah, never hurts to have your sort of life choices properly underscored, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. I think it's doing it for a lot of people. Um, 
Yeah, I was just thinking when you were saying about the so fancy Wednesdays the other evening. Um, me and a few friends held a, a dip, like a virtual hen party for a friend whose wedding's been cancelled, obviously. And it just made me think. Um, like, it, obviously, it sucks. It's horrible. It's horrible for her. But it does. Like, I reckon she will come out the other side of this. Like, extra sure she's marrying the right person, and yeah. and the wedding will be extra good. And I don't know, I think it it's going to highlight to a lot of people what they're doing right and maybe what they would like to change as well. I think I so. Know. I think the longer that this is carrying on, the more we're realising this is bigger than we knew it was going into it, you know. I, I know a couple of months ago or whenever it all sort of started really breaking, I was going, oh, yeah, yeah, you said this about swine flu and bird flu and Ebola and blah, 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 and I was absolutely convinced this was another one of those. And then I thought, oh, no, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> and you sort of think, like, yeah, this is, this is history. We are living through history, which is why I think it's all right to give yourself a break, you know, to just go... So I saw an amazing tweet the other day, and I can't remember who tweeted it, but they really hit the nail on the head. They said, you're not working from home. You're at home in a crisis trying to work. And it was like, oh, thank you. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) uh, We are living through something absolutely extraordinary, and it's going to change the world in the way we behave. And, and. Gosh, yes, we we get to sort of analyse and and change what we want to change or cling to what we realise we love. It's exciting. I think that's a great a great note to end on. Uplifting yet and very wise again. Um, <laughs> but is there anything um, just before we finish? Is there anything you'd like um, to plug or say or? me to say or anything Um, like that particularly just you know if you need company or amusement or anything i'm on twitter instagram facebook youtube Uh, (laughs) i think i'm on all of them now um and there might be something there that cheers you up and just look after each other thank you so much to laura lex you can find her on twitter at laura lex her feed is full of joyful things so do check it out we've also linked her youtube channel in the show notes where Laura reads a story live every evening. At the moment, it's a choose-your-own-adventure one, and it is a lovely place to be. We also featured Laura on our health episode in season two, so do give that a listen as well. If you're a storyteller of any kind and would be interested in being featured on the podcast, do get in touch. Again, there are no set criteria. We can talk about your work, if you're managing to do any, but we can also talk about pretty much anything else. We would love to hear from you. Story Etc. was produced and presented by Eleanor Rushton. The supervising editor was Pato Rushton-Morales at Black Horse Studios, and the music was composed by Odin Ornhill-Marson. My guest was Laura Lex. Story Etc. is an audio scribble production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>